0: Tell your friends about it if you like it. If you don't, let's just pretend you didn't listen to it. Thanks again for coming in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Privacy, Please. I'm your host, Cameron Ivey, and with me as always, my friend and co-host, Mr. Gabe Gums. Gabe, how you doing today? I am well, I'm well. Happy New Year, and welcome to Season 2. Season 2 and Episode 50. That's pretty cool not it's gonna not lie not yeah uh we have a special guest and i know i say that every time but this one's really special this is uh mr kevin coppins he's the ceo of spirion he's a family man he's a lot of things a good storyteller actually too i'm talking it up too much <laughs> kevin how you doing man
1: good I, I, this is the 50th <laughs> show gentlemen correct
2: Yes, yes, it is. This is. And, it, and
1: did you five. did you ask me to be on this one? Because I happen to be fifty years old. Um, is that is this some sort of ageism thing that I need to be concerned about? Are we? Gonna, mean, w- what's what's going on? Why, why wasn't now. I like forty seven? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was your birthday. When was your birthday? A year ago. It's almost fifty one now. I well, turned, birth- sorry, I turned just, birthday right at the dawn of the pandemic.
0: Nice. I just well, I didn't mean to make you come out with your age there, but uh, hey, you, you don't you look are, fifty.
2: There you, just, there you go. Keep it coming. You're, you're entitled to suggest <laughs> that you're celebrating the 25th anniversary of your 25th birthday. Yeah, keep, keep, keep it coming. Keep that's a good, that's good. A good
1: Congratulations one. on the 50th, guys. That is super cool. I've, I have not listened to all 50, but I've probably listened to 25 of them. Yes. And uh, I'm sure this will rank there somewhere. This will probably be in the top 50, I'm thinking, is where it's going to rank in terms of downloads and listens. So at I'm least, ready to go. At least sure. in the bottom half somewhere. <laughs> um, have a dream.
0: So, so Kevin, we're going to start the show off like we always do, more more importantly, when we want our listeners to get to know you better. So if you don't mind just kind of opening things up with telling us about
1: yourself and how you got to Spirion. Well, I'm, I, uh, I like doing this with visual medium. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have ever seen it. I have a slide. It's called The Logos of My Life. So mm-hmm. I will try to go ahead and do the logos of my life um, without having logos. So this was where the storytelling will come in. So before I get to the logos of my life, I am uh, husband to CC, father to Cash and Macy. I am an absolutely crappy golfer. I am a somewhat uh, horrible guitar player. Um, I'm pretty good, at, uh, pretty good at business. I am a world-class pickle critic, and I am also a pretty darn good gumbo chef. So we're going to go ahead and just let that sink in, and then we'll go into a little bit more of your specificity. So the logos of my life, they start off with the Buffalo Bills. Let that sink in. Go Bills, go Bills. I was born in uh, Rochester. That's where I grew up in Western New York. That is what we do. We uh, try to stay warm, and we never see the sun. And we root for the Bills um, and break tables. Break tables. Yeah, exactly. And go go viral yep. on YouTube. It's what we do. Yep. So that's where I'm from. After that, uh, next logo of my life would be Penn State. Graduated Penn State University. And then I scattered about the country. I spent some time in New Orleans uh, working for an oil company, tiny little shop called Mobile Oil. That's where I learned what a big company is all about. Um, from there, I actually went to work to, for Bausch & Lomb, learned what a smaller company is like. Um, then I got into tech with Packard Bell in California, moved to the Bay Area, actually the other side of the bay in Sacramento, which was an absolute beautiful place to live. For those that have not been, it gets a bad rap. You get up into the mountains and the foothills uh, up there in the Folsom area, and it is absolutely spectacular. From there to Philly, which is a little less spectacular, but it's got its own charm in and of itself, because I went to work for Novell. So I spent about 11 or 12 years in Novell's identity and security business, which has kind of got me toward this gig. Um, And that was a long, long time ago. So I've been doing some flavor of technology from my Novell days, being in the original before identity management was a thing, kind of created it back in the day, um, up to uh, doing networking stuff, working for companies like Maroon Networks. Spent a time, one of my logos of my life would be the Eiffel Tower. Uh, Spent a good chunk of my life working for companies based out of Paris which was very cool um, in and of itself. And Is that Paris, Tennessee or Paris? Paris uh, it's Paris, Texas, actually.
0: Oh, it's Paris, Texas.
1: Sorry. But I knew there was one. They have a mini one there, right? I got the, got the Eiffel one. Tower over here, which I know you guys can see that the podcast can't. So a uh, yes. fair amount of time working for Alcatel-Lucent, another company called Easy Vista, um, all in and around the software or the networking space. And then I joined Spirion, which is my next and uh, hopefully last logo for quite some time, which is Poochie. And uh, I got here over a year now, Cam. So September of 2019. And that's me. I live here in the megalopolis of Tampa, Florida, which seems like uh, I think it was the number five COVID-related place to move to. So we got (laughs) lots of new neighbors showing up. Florida in general, I think. Yep, no. Actually, Tampa is a city, and ranked up there pretty high. Is it? Yeah, and I know that's. It's, it's actually
0: Tampa before the pandemic is was rising in general. Just a lot of people wanting to come here. And I know they were going to try to move the uh, Tampa Rays to Ebor in Tampa, but that never happened. So they're staying in the St. They were too
1: busy winning the pennant. Go Rays! Yeah, that's right. I thought they're moving to Canada. Um, they're gonna split time between there and Canada. It's all but it's a whole different podcast. I don't think that belongs on this show. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair.
0: Well, I mean, I know one of the bigger things that you wanted to talk about that we can kind of start with is just this past year, the year in review. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I know you're a very optimistic person. So just kind of wanted to get your take on how this year, this past year went and where where you see things going for 2021 and the, the optimism that you have in the I direction uh, you
1: want to go. I think I'm glad you clarified which year we're talking about. One of uh, <laughs> uh, one of the folks on our team put a phenomenal comment on uh, on Teams uh, on January 7th. Said I've finished my my seven day free trial of 2021. I'm not impressed. Can I upgrade? <laughs> which I thought was great. So yeah, we're going to skip 2021. Has not started off that spectacularly well. So we'll talk about 2020. Um, I actually began 2020. I'll say began. Um, Of course, it was a little bit later. But the first big thing I did corporate wise was RSA. So that was, I think, the last event on the planet before the planet shut down. Um, As a company, we did choose to go. It was a decision that was not made lightly. Anybody that wanted to go um, had to have a conversation about, are you willing to go ahead and do this? If you don't, you don't need to go. And that was the beginning of starting to make decisions that were really the, the mantra that we've carried throughout the entire pandemic is you got to meet people where they are. You have some people with little kids. You have some people with elderly parents that live with them. You have some that have school-age kids. You you have all, you have some people that are, you know, pandemic, spandemic. I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going, I'm going partying and other people that are in bunkers, you know, underneath their desks. And and that's just people. And you got to respect every single person where they're at. And I think RSA was the beginning of that in terms of saying there's something different about this. And yeah. we need to make sure that we get very, very tuned into people, um, not to not to opinion, but to very much uh, individuals. And, and I think that was that started to sink in there. And I know when we all got back from San Francisco, it was definitely as you know, kind of the doors were locking behind us. Um, we had to take a take a bit of a step back. That's where I did actually take three days off and celebrate my birthday as things were shuddering around me. Um, and then as we fast forward through the year, I. I um, and Cam, you know this. I shared this with the, with the team over the holidays. There's, there's a lot of, we can, you know, burn 2020 in the fireplace and say it was horrible. There's a lot of goodness that came out of it too. Uh, and for me personally, I used to be on a plane every other week, um, which was not a bad thing. It was just normal for me. Now I was at the dinner table with my family every night. And it was very different. Um, That's something we've come to appreciate. Um, I wasn't getting off a plane at 5 o'clock rushing to a baseball game or to a soccer game. There was no baseball or soccer game, and I wasn't on a plane. So adjusting as a family and understanding how to operate as a family and do things that are different and being very intentional about what we're going to do because it would be very easy to sit around and play video games or or be a bump in a log. So I think we learned how to live differently and learn with each other. And that happened both personally for me as well as corporately. Um, I, I posted my first meme. I made a meme all by myself. Gabe, you'd be proud of me. Um, yeah. and, and it was the... Um, you guys are the trivia buzzer. Who's the, who's the guy, who's the kid that was in the movie The Sixth Sense? I see dead people. Oh, gosh. Come on. I forget his name. All right, put it in the show notes. Um, but I'll there's have a, to. There's a, picture, there's a picture of him, and he's got his blankets up like this, and he's got the teary eyes, and he says, I see dead people. You know the one? Right. Yeah, um, and he did the name. meme, and it says, I, I see flat people. Cause, cause after six months of staring at nothing but flat people like you, like I am today, it was driving me crazy. Um, and that's something we all had to adjust to. We had to adjusted to both uh, from a personal standpoint, getting used to doing that, but also how do we communicate as a team? How do we, how do we get together? And we did, you know, we did the thirsty Thursdays and we had some, uh, some all hands calls, but the thing that really kind of boiled down to is let's just get together every couple of weeks and just talk, talk about what's going on with the company. Talk about what's going on with you. Talk about what's going on with our colleagues. Um, we had uh, people inside the company that were very personally impacted by this, um, in terms of losing of loved ones, and it's something where y- you got to digest that, and then you also got to really recognize um, that again, everybody's going through some different ways. So it was an interesting year, Cameron. There's not a there's not a silver bullet going through, and it's not over. I mean this 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 year is going to continue on for a bit, but I know that I learned a lot of lessons about uh, who I am as a father, who I am as a leader, um, and that definitely surpasses the the face-to-face conversations and going into an office or ju- just kind of being dad, it gets to a whole different level. So very introspective year for me. So I don't, I don't write off 2020 as bad. It's going to be something we'll look back at years from now. And we're all going to have different kinds of memories around it, but I do think everybody's grown
2: um, and grown in different ways. I do want to point out by the way, that today is actually December 45th, 2020. So 2021 has not started yet. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you make a great point <clears throat>
0: just looking at things uh, with an optimistic outlook because there's a lot of people that you just, especially in social media, it's really easy to uh, to get sucked into the negativity. And, you know, a lot of people weren't really affected by, by much besides, you know, a lot of people still had jobs. They got to be closer to the family and, you know, they really weren't affected by it, you know, physically, which which is great if that that was the case and that was you. It just, it's, it's a shame that people look at it as a negative thing, but there's so many positives in it. And I think the, the whole family being close to the family is definitely probably for a lot of people. And hopefully that's uh that's helped families
1: and uh, make them a little bit closer and stuff. So yeah, and it can, has can for me. Let, let me comment one cause you talked about optimism and talked about, I think you led into this with saying I'm an optimistic kind of guy. One of my responsibilities, um, as, as a leader of a team is to make sure that I leave people with optimism every day. Cause what you have to recognize, and this is advice I either read or, or got from somebody way smarter than me, is they said, look, you, people look to you for the tone that they're going to go home with. So if you're pessimistic or you're down or you're, you're moles and trolls and things are bad, you're sending that person home to be with their family with that mood so you, you got to recognize that the way that you lead it doesn't just impact during the day. and doesn't just impact the office. It impacts how people go home. And I, took, I always took that personally. I, I don't think that I'm a, a Pollyannic leader in the sense that everything is awesome and we're, we're, we're tiptoeing through the tulips. But at the same time, there is a reason for optimism. There's always a reason for optimism because everything is figure outable. So let, let's make sure instead of feeling everything on our shoulders, let's just take a step back and say, you know, we're good enough. We can figure this out regardless of what happens to face us. And I think we owe that to ourselves. We owe it to our teammates. And especially if you're in a position where you can definitely influence the attitudes and mood of people, you got to really take that personally. Awesome. Well,
0: um, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, We don't have to get, you know, into the depths of Spirion itself, but I just want to know and I kind of know already, but you know, I want the listeners to to understand what you kind of mean. What what does data security mean to you? What does privacy mean to you? And and what does that look like for twenty twenty one? You think?
1: Um. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to have a, a four hour conversation, on that. but <laughs> but, but, let, but let me just kind of couch it and uh, spearing at, at its at its core, we we are a sensitive data company, and to take even take it out of data. Um. when you talk about data security and data privacy they, they both start with the word data so let's talk about data for a second not all data is created equal we're going to talk about the digital versions of ourselves in a second but let's talk about the, the, the physical realm for a second when you talk about securing things um, I have cats we'll go with cats I just saw one walk by the door um, I secure the cat food differently than I secure the big screen TV Differently than I secure um, the gold bullion that I stole from Gate, right? So I, there's there's different levels of materiality of stuff in terms of how important it is to me, right? And I've got some stuff that's absolutely worthless, but it's incredibly meaningful to me. Worthless outside the organization, but it's something that my father gave me that I've got locked and put away. So value is added by, by the holder as well as by people outside of the organization. So you look at the value. Now you put it on data. And not all data is created the same either, just the way, same thing. The cat food's not the same as Gabe's gold bullion, right? They've got very different values, but it's difficult to tell that with data. But you have to understand that it's not just this giant sea living in Hadoop of all these gazillions of petabytes of stuff. You got to take a step back and say, that stuff's got value. Which has value and which doesn't have value? And that is the part that we as a company lean into, because you don't want to spend the same amount of money to secure the cat food that you're going to use to secure the TV or the gold bullion. And by the way, that stuff shifts. So... In terms of what we look at, it hasn't changed since the day that Todd and David started the company. It's that not all data is created equal. And for the love of God, you owe it to yourselves and to the people that you serve to make sure you understand what data you've been entrusted with and that you can properly segregate that so that you can properly protect it. And that's not going to change in 2021. It's not going to change in 2022. The only thing that's going to change is it gets harder and harder to do. It gets harder and harder to do because there's more data in more places, moving faster. It's that simple. Um, and the other part where it gets harder and harder to do is the definition of sensitive data is fluid. And that's something where people put on their PCI hats and they go, I got my PII and I got my this and here's where to defined. Well, um, your body temperature wasn't sensitive data necessarily a year ago. Now it is. Um, I just read yesterday that uh, places like Ticketmaster and StubHub, Are going to start entering fields into their intake systems so that you can say whether or not you've been inoculated before you're allowed to go to a particular venue or an event. And the lawyer said, well, that's fine as long as they delete it when they're done with it. Okay. All that stuff gets deleted. Everybody deletes data and shreds it and makes sure it's gone. Don't they, Gabe? It's the first thing they do is they say, this is sensitive. I shall delete it as soon as I'm done. No, it doesn't. It moves. It goes around. But that's stuff that you would never thought of six, seven months ago. So it's it's a very hard problem, Cam, to solve for, um, and it's a very important problem because we re- read every single day where the perimeter and access and all this stuff around security, as well as privacy regulations passing, that stuff's all going to change. What's going to
2: stay the same is you need to understand your data. Sorry, I'd I didn't fired up about that. F- I like I, <laughs> I, I, I like it. You, you had me thinking, man, wouldn't it be a great prank to remap everyone's delete button to, like, the save button? <laughs> Nobody deletes anything. You know, it, it, I, you said not to get an experiment, but we got all this really
1: cool capability to do remediation and forensic level shredding with hash and blah, blah, blah. Nobody ever uses it. Why? Because like, well, if we delete it, what if somebody wants it back? They don't. You have 97
2: copies. You only need to shred them. I would have turned that question on its head for you, Kevin. You, you, you talked about things that uh, won't change, didn't change. But 2020 was a year that a lot of things change and will never be the same ever again. So from your perspective, a data security, data privacy perspective, what will never be the same again in our world?
1: What will never be the same again in our world? Um, that's, a, that's a big question because I, I don't know that I agree with the premise. I read a great quote the other day that said, uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. It does rhyme. I agree. Love I love that thought quote. That, thought that was a good quote. And when you think about what's definitely changed, I think people's awareness um, has definitely changed when it comes to their surroundings. People were never quite as aware of what can I touch and what can I do? I don't think people will ever be quite as, I don't know when handshakes are going to come back. So I think that proximity and closeness to people is some. Pe- this generation is going to be skittish for a generation. Um, I think it will come back, but I do think not dissimilar from the Great Depression, where even though... People had made money and gotten through that. They're still very frugal, and there's some things they do with money that's just always been trained into them. Yeah. Um, you did see that change after a generation, but I think this particular generation is going to just be a lot more skittish about uh, about close proximity to people. Is that where the
0: uh, the fist
1: bump or the elbow
0: bump came into play?
1: <laughs> but yeah, so that might—it's so weird when you see because you got to you got to look and say I'm going to uh, gauge them up. Yeah. I, I still shake hands. I will. I, I will confess. Hopefully this. Nobody from the NSA or CDC <laughs> listening to this, whoever needs to. But then I keep a little bottle of hand sanitizer. So I shake a hand and then I sanitize. It works out pretty good. Um, so I can be normal. But some people are very uncomfortable with that. So you got to kind of look and say, are we shaking hands? Are we bumping? Are we waving? What are we doing? Nah, that, that's been awkward for me. I'm, go, I'm going back to handshaking as soon as we possibly can.
2: Those that know me know I'm a hugger. And I don't I don't know how that's going to ever play out again. It's There's a part of me. Just do takes. it there's a hole in there now. Like, yeah. there's going to be, there's going to be huggers and Dodgers. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> going to the airport is going to be awesome. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So this is a fun question. I will throw this in here. Cause you know, I, I don't know if you've prepared an answer for this, but um, I think you actually helped me come up with it. But if you only had a hundred dollar budget, to spend on security and privacy,
1: where would you start? I love hearing different angles of this. Yeah, I know. And I've listened to a bunch of those. So I've heard some of them be redundant. So I was thinking about that because I figured that question would come up. And (laughs) um, I I don't know. uh, I thought about, well, what do I do? Technology, mostly stuff. And then the answer to me was pretty clear. And something you guys talk about in the show all the time. Um, I would get a subscription to Netflix, and 100 pounds of popcorn. And I would make the entire company sit around and watch The Social Dilemma. Ah,
2: okay. Because,
1: now do I agree with everything in that movie? No. However, it absolutely makes you think about the value of your personal data and that you are the product. And if more people understood that they were the product, then they understood that what they were entrusted with was other people's digital versions of themselves. I think that we'd have a lot tighter grasp on security because people can put a context to what was being exposed. So I was going to say training huh. or awareness, but I don't think it's a matter of clean desk policy and this other stuff. It's got yeah. to become personal.
2: So I would spend a hundred bucks on that and I'd have some money left over. I love your answer because I preach it in my personal life all the time to the lay folk around me. If you are not the customer, Make no mistake about it, you are the product. And sometimes, even when you are the customer, you're still the product. That is a lesson that I don't think is uh, ingrained in enough people.
1: Yeah. And I think once you get it to answer Cam, your question, you, you start acting differently. Um, I mean, yeah. I made my uh, my wife and my, my son, he's about to turn 13, I made them watch it. He immediately switched to DuckDuckGo and Brave. And my wife stopped using Chrome. And it's not just a matter of using tools, they're all starting to think differently about. What am I, what am I, what digital dust of myself am I leaving behind that's going to be reassembled into something that, so it it was just a, it was a powerful way to get you thinking about the value of the digital version of yourself.
2: There is a sea change happening right now. And when I say right now, I mean right now. In the last week, I'm a Signal user for those not familiar. Signal is a secure messaging application.
1: I wasn't familiar until Elon Musk told me I must be because I am the Borg. I must follow his Twitter feed.
2: Is that what the tipping point was? Because yes. my signal exploded in the last week of contacts that have all of a sudden magically joined, even yeah. though I've been trying to get people to do it for a long time. No, it was Elon Musk. Well, good. Th- thank you, Elon. More importantly, uh, thank you to Marlon uh, for, for creating Signal, but it just, it's gone off the charts, the number of people that are now making that switch. So welcome aboard the Signal train.
0: Yeah, I, I have it too because of you, but. I didn't realize that it just like blew up. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there,
2: to be honest with you. Um, well, I'll jump in with. Uh, yeah, no, I like the, I like looking at the blank look on his face. Let's go back. <laughs> Luckily, the, uh, the listeners can't can't see that. This, this This is something that Kevin, you and I, you know, kind of track and stay a little closer to namely you know the industry and the moves in the industry etc but we look at it from a different lens a lot of our listeners are consumers of technology they're not necessarily producers of it uh, what do you see being different for them in 2021 as they approach how they're going to secure their digital environments and those things that you mentioned those things that matter so much there is a smattering of technology out there for them to do those let's put spirit in the shelf for a second and talk about the challenge they have yeah. It's, so, Gabe, we can talk about
1: them. I'm going to, well, I guess I'll talk a little bit about Spirian for a second. So um, one of the things not everybody does know is Todd and David started this company as a consumer company, getting back to your consumer point, because they felt that everybody would be concerned about their sensitive data. And they'd want to make sure that if their machine or their home network was ever compromised or their, or their device was lost, that they were okay. And what they weren't betting on is that people are somewhat lazy, um, and that the stuff is somewhat hard. I even look at the, the, the millennial generation, um, those coming out of college now, and you kind of just expect this natural, well, they grew up with computers and they know how they all work. And I'm sitting there trying to explain to people how OneDrive works and how it actually shares files and the difference between that and SharePoint. There is not the level of savvy that you would expect. Um, so I don't think, I think that people are going to gravitate more towards vendors that are telling them that their stuff is more secure. If you've watched any commercials from Apple, with their Apple now has a little lock on it, right? And all the, they're just saying, buy from us. We're going to secure it for you because you're not going to figure it out. So I don't mm-hmm. see consumers going out and saying, I'm going to set up a firewall and I'm going to do with this and I'm going to do with that. They're not. They're going to depend on the vendors that they buy stuff from to secure it for them. And if they don't, they're going to hold those vendors liable. Um, we we live in a litigious society, Gabe, where everybody's a victim. Um, and even though it would have been like you probably should have been on a VPN and you probably should have went ahead and doesn't matter. They're going to say somebody else should have protected that. It. it should have been my ISP, should have been my cable provider, should have been somebody else. So I don't think I, – I, I think people are going to be a little bit more wary, um, which is a good thing. But I don't think you're going to see a sea change in consumer behavior.
2: Well, I'm inclined to agree with you. I can remember when there were more consumer security products in the market. You mentioned Todd, David, this start this organization as one. And uh, I don't know if I could tell you about any others other than uh, I'm not going to name them because I don't feel like plugging them, but you know, there's some identity related things out there, but that's about it from a consumer protecting themselves perspective. There's an expectation that the technology they use will just do it for them. That windows right. will just do it for them. You know, their phone will just do it for them. And uh,
1: well, and, and you bring up it's understanding the inherent danger I was listening to uh, AM radio because that's what I do because it keeps me away from all the rest of the cable stuff. Just basic, like what the traffic the traffic person comes on. I don't need a traffic person. I have ways. It's a useless thing for the weather. I knew the weather a week ago. I don't need somebody to tell me. The, but it makes me feel warm, so I listen to that when I drive to work. When I still go to the office in the morning, and there was a there was a, a woman on there that was talking about TikTok. I mean, there was a big debate about TikTok and the Chinese are stealing your data. And she's like, I don't care. I have my data. They can have all my data. It doesn't really matter. If, what are they going to do with my data? What are the Chinese going to do? With, Chinese can do a lot with your data, but, but she didn't personalize it. So it goes back to that conversation that we had a little bit about the social dilemma um, until, until it becomes personal, Gabe, it's like, whatever. And then the next thing is, is the defeatist attitude. Well, they already yeah. have it all anyway. So why bother? Yeah. Right. So I just, I don't, I don't see a lot of people saying, should I really download this app and put my registration in and really think about this? Or Billy told me he needs it and Billy's on it. So I need to get on it now. Accept, accept, accept boom. Same password I use on everything. Cool. I'm in, I've downloaded it now. That's what's going to continue to happen. Because of the
0: way things are. Everybody wants instant. They just want to get to where they're going. They don't care what's in the middle. Yeah. And they, and, and,
2: Maybe it's because they just don't understand. It is the not understanding. And Kevin nailed it. We don't, and I say we because this industry that I love so dearly is very guilty of it. We don't make it personal enough. The number of people that I still encounter that say, what are they going to do with my email address? So what? I just talk to my family. And then I remind them how they reset their bank password. And then their face goes, oh, Right. That's, yeah, that's uh, what I'm going to do with your email. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's making it personal. And I think we do as an industry. Um, it's something I, I harp on all the time. But as an industry, we have to make this as personal as uh, this is not meant to be controversial. I'm just trying to draw the parallel um, to gun control. Right. So gun gun control. Out. Nobody's talking about gun control right now, but all it's going to take is one person to do something stupid with a gun in a public place. And it'll be the top of the charts. And this is why we have to control it in this way, because now it's not a thing that we want to do. It's little Billy right. was impacted by it. And it has a face and it becomes a person right now. Yeah. This person over here got their identity stolen, whatever that happens all the time. You gotta, you gotta bring a face to it. And, and unfortunately the types of breaches and the types of sophisticated social attacks that we're seeing now is it's going to be impersonation. Right. It's going to be hardcore, complete impersonation of particular individuals, and you already started to see it, but it's going to get to the point where it gets really scary, and then it's going to hit home. Now, you're talking about, I don't know, I just went to
0: another place, but you're talking about where they can use the like someone else's face and, no, and actually…
1: I, I, you don't even need your face. I mean, you can talk biometrics on other components. I'm just talking about you have enough data about a person to impersonate them. Right. So, yeah. so let, let's say I had enough information to go ahead and impersonate you on LinkedIn. I became Cam Ivory on LinkedIn. I can go ahead and screenshot your face right now in that fabulous shirt that you're wearing. Right? <laughs> I can go out and set up an account and I can go ahead and say, here's all the places I, I got fired from over the last 10 parts of my career. And I do this and I do this and I do this. And people start looking up your LinkedIn address and they're like, I'm never going to hire that guy. Why would I possibly want to look? It? And you're like, yeah. wait a minute, you can't do that to me. They're like, yes, you just did. But now you take that, you add financial information. You add all these other components to it. I, I posted something on LinkedIn today um, regarding uh, the COVID vaccine, right? So what's all the talk now? People jumping. I saw that. Right? So you yeah, have people jumping in line. Well, it's only a matter of moments until I'm no longer 50. I'm 65. And my name is Joe. And I can now go get the shot because I just bought all that information to impersonate him. On the dark web. So I now jumped six months in front of the line. And now when Joe goes to get his shot next week, they're going to be like, sorry about you, Joe. You already got your shot. And he's going to be like, what? <laughs> I didn't. And they're like, yes, you did. It says right here, we punched your thing. You've already got your shot. It's going to happen. Right? I, I hope I'm wrong. But mm, nope, that's the not. kind of impersonation that's going to happen. Because like that, that's easy. I mean, to be able to, it's really, really hard. I'm sorry if anybody's listening. It's really, really hard to do that. It's not not easy at all. <laughs> very, very, incredibly complicated. Very illegal. Very bad. Um, but with the amount of chaos going on with, you know, there's trucks and parking lots and people showing up and other stuff to impersonate that. But once you've got your shot, you got your shot. You're not going to get it twice. So you're hosed. Um, that's the kind of stuff where it's going to really start to hit home camera.
2: Fun fact. It's scary. Protected health information is still worth way more in the dark web than financial information. I can buy full bank account details for pennies on the dollar. Full uh PHI will run you anywhere from 30 to 50 to more. Yes, but if you want that. to do that, it's really, really hard. It's hard to find. You can't yes. get on very, yeah. very hard. Totally don't. Totally don't well, why that why is that though? <laughs> well, it is a lot of what Kevin just mentioned as well, too, because of the services that people use, they impersonate to get it. And, and in this country, um, you know, there's there's you know lots of other debates about the the care of medical uh access, etc. Well, so
1: yeah, and on top of that, right? So you can impersonate somebody and get a social get a social security benefit. You can get a pension benefit. You can get opiates. So let's find somebody that's going to go ahead and get prescriptions. There's a lot of reasons why you're going to go ahead and take that stuff.
0: Yeah. So the UK probably doesn't have that problem, right, with their health system? Well, to be fair, they have different problems.
2: Sure. (laughs) They don't have no problems. They're just different I I didn't mean that. I didn't mean no problems.
1: There goes your European ratings. They're just tanking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We were just doing good
1: with that crap. Lost an entire demographic. No, you guys stay. (laughs)
0: um (laughs) we're just we're just teasing we digress anyways I, i i'm curious um you know being the leader of a tech company in data privacy and security in the intersection of that in the middle what do you think i mean what has been the biggest challenge since being at spirion that uh Obviously, the pandemic did not help, but how did you overcome that challenge and is it still going or do you see see a resolution? And and, uh, I guess we're still in 2020 and what is it, December 45th, whatever Gabe said. Yeah, (laughs) So,
1: I mean, what's what's happening around us, Cameron, is what's happening around us. There's always going to be different events. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't choose the pandemic. The pandemic chose me. Um, but in terms of leading through it, there's always external factors because you not only had the pandemic, we've talked about the pandemic, but we didn't talk about what's been going on with social justice around the country. Right? So there was a whole other set of movements that were going on that were somewhat fueled by the pandemic because people had time in their hands. But at the same time, there's been a whole, whole host of changes that have been happening inside, um, inside this country. And one of the great things about Spirion, you hear me talk about all the time, is our authenticity People don't bring um, their sparing selves to work. They bring their authentic selves to work. And that authenticity, we, we value the authenticity of the individual over anything, over race, over politics, over gender. It's all about the person because it's a person in there, regardless of what they stand for and where they sit. So, So that was a big thing that came clear to us, I think, as a leadership team and as a company. I mean, you guys being a part of it, that the authenticity is what got us through. Our core values are not something we spackle on a wall. They're something we talk about all the time. Um, The Spark Awards, where we recognize each other for exemplifying stuff, that didn't need an office to happen. Um, In fact, it probably spread more broadly. We've got a team in India and and a bunch of other folks that have kind of tightened us around. We're, We're all one tribe, if you will, and it became even tighter. Now, there has been moments we're, we all get tired, right? And you just, you're just like, I can't do one more Zoom call. I, I, can't, I can't get through this one more time. And I do think we see that on um, both employees and engagement scores. We look at them all the time and you see ebbs and flows based on what's going on. And you see it by department based on elements that are going. So I, I don't think we're going to go back to um, a full, I, I don't think, I know we're not going to go back to the office life that we had. It's going to be blended, um, but it's needed. Because I, I just think even if you're remote, I work remote 15 years of my adult life, you still need that once a month popping on a plane to go to an office, to go work with stuff, to go ahead and connect with humans. This isn't going to cut it long term. So it'll be a blended environment going forward. Um, and, and being able to manage through that, uh, the best thing I can give you in terms of being a leader is this: you, you don't lead... Teams, you lead individuals, you got to understand who those individuals are. And when you're going through a time like this, it's like I said at the opening, you got to meet them where they are.
2: So I'm going to switch that gears a little bit. This one's um, a little bit selfish. So, uh, 2021, what's on your reading list? business book wise or technology book wise i'm a bit of an avid reader and last year you gave me probably a solid eight or so books that i, I enjoyed but i've got i've got nothing on, on my kevin reading list so uh what do you got what do i got i got a stack of books on my nightstand
1: that i should probably run and go get because i'm going to try to think of what the names of them are one of the ones i just finished um that i absolutely loved was called the hard thing about hard things yep um, i heard that and, and i would recommend that it's a uh, It's a point of view from a Silicon Valley CEO that saw the ups and the downs, and the was two days away from bankruptcy, and having to go do this and having to go do that, and it really makes you recognize that no matter what the challenge is that's in front of you, you can go ahead and get through the challenge. It's hard, and there's some hard decisions you have to make, and they they talk about a peacetime CEO and a wartime CEO, and how you got to blend those skills. That was very eye opening for me because I'm much more of a peacetime guy than a wartime guy. But when you're going through a pandemic and you got things you got to go through, you got to put on a little bit more of a wartime hat. Um, to go ahead and lead through it. So Gabe that one really hit home for me. Um, yeah. and I'd, I'd, I'd recommend that because just the perspective that it brings. Um, and that's it's not a book, but it's the, my, my big word is making sure people have perspective. Yeah. So um, being able to have perspective on the world around you and the company <laughs> around you and the elements that are in it, we so often get so focused in our own little job, our own little function, our own little company, our own little industry. We don't take a step up to get a broader perspective to what's impacting that. So I I read right now, I'm a big Flipboard guy, which most of you know. Um, So I get all that stuff curated to me in Flipboard. So I read a host of stuff that comes from a variety of different spots versus one piece. So I've got most of my book reading right now, I'm trying to do something that's not a business book because that's all I typically read. Um, But I did just wrap up Hard Thing About Hard Things. That one I'd recommend. I
2: like that one. It is... Speaking of backlog of books on the on the, the shelf, I, I do actually have that one in my backlog, and uh, may have to bump it up to the top of the list.
1: Trying to look at the ones. Most of, most of the stuff I have on my shelf right here, guys, is all Civil War stuff. So I got a lot of good Civil War stuff for Christmas. That's my uh, that's my reading that I do, because you'll learn a lot about leadership. Sure. Um, especially when you read through uh, some books like The Killer Angels. I am a historical fiction guy, so... That's what I'm. I'm desperately trying to find some time to go do.
0: Nice. I'm more of a uh, audio person. Just, I've always struggled as a kid to to stay focused reading for a long time. But um, I do read a lot of children books. Because <laughs> 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 I your am. Well, <laughs> yes. Well.
1: Gotta yeah. Qualify that statement. So, <laughs> so, so are, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna change your sign up to good night moon.
0: well i was gonna i was gonna recommend a book um even though it's a children's book but it's um it's actually it's called dragons love tacos
1: oh i have i I know me some i've read one and two i didn't know there
0: was a two there you go you
1: gotta get with the program
0: all right i gotta get i gotta get a two i I see it here actually but yeah if you if you ever get a chance to read that um i don't know if you've read it gabe i know you
1: have a, a nephew or a niece um so here's, so if we're doing kids, I can play this game. I can't play, I can't play like actor trivia like you can, but I can play this game. So here's a great one. You ever read uh, The Wishing Tree by Shel Silverstein? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one to read. A lot of good message in that. That's a. I love that book. I mean, is that is that
0: similar to the Giving Tree? Is that like a follow up? Is that a? No, oh, no, the
1: Giving Tree. You are right. The Wishing Tree. Okay, okay. The wishing uh, Tree I is a type of Shiraz, about. which is okay. Type, I just making sure not good
2: for kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's mean, a different thing. Do you need that after you put them to bed and read? After you read the books and go to bed. I'm, I'm more of a Samuel Jackson children's book kind of guy. For those who know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the kids' favorites was always Miguel Agat's pool
1: good
0: one. Miguel, I, don't, I haven't that's read Dr. that Seuss. one. Dr.
1: Seuss. Miguel Got School with Dr. Seuss is great and Nuffle Bunny is another classic. I, we can do this one for us. <laughs> that's another podcast. There's a podcast <laughs> for grown men talking about children's books but we're not on that one today.
0: Well, it's just like cartoons and movies. They make a lot of good kids movies that adults can watch.
2: It's, well, they need us to sit through it otherwise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true.
2: Did you guys see Soul yet? Yep. I have not yet. Oh. It's on my to-do list.
1: Oh, so have, good you seen, have you seen The Croods yet? Croods 1 and 2? No. I got to watch The Croods, and then the Sleep Pile will be something that will enter your family vernacular. <laughs> All right. You, you All declare right. a Sleep Pile, and I just have already piled on top of each other. It's super fun. So, Cro- is, Croods is good stuff.
0: Is that DreamWorks, or is that Disney? That's DreamWorks. Okay. I'll put it on the list. Um, one of yeah, my so, favorites. Since, right? so it was- there's nobody listening to this anymore. What else would you like <laughs> to talk about? I was just going to say, my favorite right now is uh, "Onward." If you guys haven't seen that one, yeah, seen Disney "Onward." One. That's my favorite. I see it uh, probably five times a day right now. So, um, <laughs> uh, Gabe, do you have anything else on urine? Any questions?
2: No, I think that's that's a lot of ground we covered for our listeners. Let's um, let's push on. Okay, um, we'll we'll do
0: one more. Kevin, and then we'll, we'll go into our fun section, even though this, I, I say it every time, but this, this whole thing is fun, right? But we got to get a little silly, Okay. <laughs> but is there anything that you want to add to our listeners? Uh, anything that we didn't talk about that you feel is important? Yeah. just um,
1: w- one thing that you guys wouldn't, wouldn't bring up, I'm sure is, uh, is my personal appreciation for what you've done with this podcast um, Privacy, please, was an idea that Cameron came wandering into my office. I think I'd been with the company three or four days, and was talking about an idea and a concept. And that's evolved into um, seven or eight thousand downloads and a pretty strong listening. And and what you guys have done is you've done a phenomenal job of representing the company without talking about the company. This was never meant to be a commercial for Spirion. That was never the intent. Um, it's a sponsored by, meaning we. For some unknown reason, pay you guys to do this, which is just bizarre to me. Um, <laughs> now that I've actually been on the show, uh, so I'm kind of questioning the whole concept. But taking you know, and, and all, take and it all s- management, <laughs> 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 got something fire over this. Um, but you know and in all seriousness, where you guys have taken this thing and taken it onto a personality of its own is uh, is really really cool. So um, that's I wanted to mention that to you, to the listeners that you have, and I'm looking forward to seeing what 2021 brings, the types of guests that you guys bring. And my ask, if I, if I can make an ask is add some questions in here that make this problem personal. Yeah. Um, whoever you bring on, I don't care how many CIS they have after their name, take it back and make this personal because this is, this is going to become more and more personal and affect more and more people in much more damaging ways and people need to get it. The light bulb needs to go on. So if you guys can use this show to
2: really amplify that, I think you'll be doing everybody a favor. I really appreciate that. Um, I am sure Cam does. I know Cam does. This is uh, this has been an absolute l- love of a project for him. But it does remind me. Then you know, I do have one more serious question for you, and this one I, I will make it personal. The number one million four hundred three thousand six hundred fifteen. What is that, Kevin? What does that number mean to you?
1: One million four hundred um, thousand. Would that would
2: that be the? Amount of data protected by Spirion. Is that what we're looking at? That's the number. There ding, ding, go. ding. We have a winner, 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 winner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it's
1: not a commercial. This company wakes up every single day to. Uh, we judge our success when we, we, we sign on with a new client and how fast, how long does it take us to find that first unprotected sensitive first unprotected sensitive record, wherever it might live. That is when, that is when the clock starts ticking for success. And there's not a client that we've gone to. We we have one client that right now is um, is complaining because the tool is too accurate and finds too much stuff. Um, I'm not kidding, and I know that's, that that totally sounds like a bumper sticker, but it's it, the volumes of stuff they have found. It's now been exposed at a board level where they're like, "Well, holy crap, go fix it!" And they can't fix it fast enough based on right. what they're finding because nobody, nobody, the light bulbs don't go off on how fast the stuff replicates and how, and how simplistic how it is. Good people doing their job, doing what's asked of them that are just pouring the gold bullion data onto their hard drives in a very non-secure fashion. They just don't recognize it um, and they need help. And that's back to the question a while ago on the consumer standpoint, Gabe, I think people working in companies need the same help from vendors. They are not going to know you can't train them enough. You can't go through enough security web to realize that I probably shouldn't have found column A.G., sell 1,645 in my Excel spreadsheet. I never knew that even came down in the first place. They're going to try to do their jobs with the least amount of friction possible because that's what they get paid to do. And it's our job in the vendor world to make sure they can do that as securely as possible. All well
0: said. (laughs) On a lighter note, let's get to, I actually have two segments. I want to do, I want to try out a new one and then we'll go on to our fun segment. So this segment is called "Fix Your Life," fix your privacy, fix your security, whatever you want, fix it. Since you are a guest, Kevin, uh, I'm going to go ahead and try this out. But uh, is there anything that, uh, that Gabe and I can help you fix in your personal life?
1: I was gonna say <laughs> if it's if it's professional life, we have MBOs for that, so related, <laughs> that, that's not a problem. Um, from a personal life standpoint, it could be anything. Change so the light what, bulb. No, no. When, when, it's, it's a little office centric, but it's but it's not. When we go back to the office, we need to dedicate one of the conference rooms to be a studio, not for you guys, but where we can bring guitars and amplifiers and drums and rock out in our spare time. So if you guys could help me sponsor that and get people to think it's a really good idea and that it wasn't my idea, that would be awesome. I'm already on board. I yeah. I had a band. I have albums.
0: I was a singer. I Let's do this. Play a uh, mean tambourine.
1: No, I, we, I, I, we've got – one of the things that I, I get to do is we do uh, – I do new hire calls. They used to be new hire lunches. So anytime people join, we've been doing it virtually lately. And um, I, there's a ton of musicians. Um, it comes up in the conversation that we have that have joined the company recently. So let's start the the Spearing band. When we get back, we'll, we'll take the back socially distance. We'll, we'll take the area – if, uh, if, if Mr. Russell's listening, we're gonna take that section he squatted on and took, and we're going to put all the band stuff there. Cause it's right near the cafeteria. We can have like, we can have like a little cafe lounge kind of thing. But if you guys can make that your idea, just delete this section from the podcast. It didn't come from me. Cause then people will be like, Kevin said, we must have a studio. I don't want the Kevin sets. I hate the Kevin sets. So just go build me a studio and then say, this is great. And I happen to have my guitar in my truck. Let me go get it. That would be fantastic. I
0: think we could, I think we could pull that up so Okay, good. So, so you don't, you don't want me to leave this in. I'm going to leave it in. Well, no, we'll, we'll get rid of it. We'll, we'll edit
2: it. I think anyway.
1: when I signed the contract, so we're good.
0: Okay. But how many times have we said
2: that? <laughs> You've said that a lot. I don't, I don't know if anything's really hit the cutting room floor that Like. <laughs>
0: I mean, the obvious things get cut, but, right. you know, yeah. there's some things that uh, you just got to leave in because we're authentic. It's authentic. That's, that's, that's exactly right. right. So let, let's, well, we're going to fix your life on that that note, Kevin. So thanks for the uh, the suggestion and we'll make it happen. Um, let's go to some fun questions. I want to get to know you a little bit more. Some things that I probably don't know about you. I know you, uh, I think it was one of the SKOs or one of the big company meetings, but you you asked what your favorite cereal was. Um, we can go with that or what your favorite snack is. What what has been the go-to this past year because you've been at home and what have you eaten too
1: much of? That's a gigantic list of gigantic <laughs> things. I am a uh, Trader Joe's. My, my mother-in-law gets these for me and she, she holds me hostage with them. They have these salted caramel chocolate things that are just – and are they in a jar? No, they're in these little like the fancy trays that you like give her Valentine's yep. Day kind okay. of thing. They are spectacular. So I've eaten a metric ton of those. Matter of fact, I it took half the box was gone. So I took a picture and sent it to her. I said, is it half empty or half full? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, her answer back was, it depends how many more you're going to eat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a subliminal message to tell her to order more. I'm running low. <laughs> 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 that's exactly what it was. And that's exactly what her remark was back Side know We take it when they're empty. And I say, we have a problem. Her
2: right. is like, no, you have a problem. <laughs> you I'm have like, a problem.
0: <laughs> I love Trader Joe's. They have so many good things, but they have the worst parking lot yeah. ever. At least the one that I go to, it's impossible to get in there without having to wait 15, 20 minutes. We,
1: we yeah. don't have, I'm up in the sticks. We don't have one. I have to get it <sighs> imported God. from St. Pete. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's an interesting, uh, store. If you've never, if you've ever been to it, um, what, what,
1: what would you name your boat if you had one? What would I name my boat if I had one? I would name it, um, I'd probably name it Clyde. Clyde. Any reason why? I just have a chicken named Clyde. It's a much longer story for a different podcast. <laughs> what would the podcast be called? Because I can always create it. I would just be called Clyde the Chicken. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> be called Dinner with Clyde. <laughs> Dinner with Clyde. I like it. Wait, does it end with you eating it? I okay. Was that was that all right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Did I state the obvious? Yeah. Moving on, because I had ducks. I had ducks, and they got yeah. killed by uh by a wolf in the
1: neighborhood or uh no, no. I uh, I grew up in a fox. farm. I grew up in a farm. We had a bunch of chickens, and they slowly got picked off. The only one that survived was Clyde, the banty hen. He was the meanest chicken in the history of mankind, um, and he was my friend. So that's a whole different podcast. None <laughs> of <it>. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: Um, Who is the messiest person you know?
1: The messiest call them person out. I know. Gotta I'm not be allowed my, to answer that it's one. Gotta, it's <sighs> got to be my dad. If you go walking through the barn, it's just a train wreck. So I'll go with my dad. All
0: right. Shout out to dad.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I I
0: think you mentioned you have cats, right? Two. No. Two. Do you think they have
1: any regrets? <sighs> no um cats have uh, no emotional state of mind other than sleep and eat
0: okay do you have full-on conversations with them
1: no um they they are uh, they're interesting critters um <laughs> biscuits and gracie shout out to biscuits and gracie that would be the cats' brother and sister team uh, uh, so actually okay I, I let me do a plug so can i can do a plug? okay All right, so uh, anybody that does listen to this, if you do have cats or know somebody that has cats, you got to go to www.kittylizard.com. Ah. My son started a cat toy business, and uh, you can get yourself the finest, read the reviews, the finest cat toy on the planet Earth. It looks and acts like a real lizard, and cats love it. There we go. That was a little commercial break.
2: Put plug it in the yours. show notes. Plug for my son's business. Yeah, no, the judges will allow it. We, uh, we, we we do we do allow our guests to plug anything they want. So there we go. Yeah, no, that's it's allowed. <laughs> when I get done with this call, I think I have to go tie lizards. <laughs> I'm on the assembly team. We were talking about books earlier. One of my favorite books is by uh cartoonists, um, the oatmeal. If you go to the oatmeal.com, mm-hmm. he's got a book called How to Tell If Your Cat Is Plotting to Kill You, you should go pick it up. Yeah, I know that book. Yeah.
0: It's a good one. Also, I, I want to put a disclaimer in there that no uh, lizards were harmed during this podcast. Well. <laughs> uh, this this question seems to be, this should be interesting. What do you think will break the internet?
1: Probably kittylizard.com. www.kittylizard.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> love a good callback. <laughs> I don't know what's going to break the internet, but probably those those Korean pop bands—they break it on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, those ones—they weird me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. There's like eight of
1: them. I think it every like I, I will go to trending on Twitter, and they're trending all the time. They'll grab on any hashtag. I don't even know what it's all about, but it's a big deal. And they've they've broken the internet a couple times. Yeah, I've
0: seen. I think I've seen them on one of the night shows.
1: Uh,
0: not really sure what's going on there, but. I don't even know if they're really singing live. That's the thing that throws me off.
1: Yeah, they're not invited to the band. <laughs> really we noted. want real talent. Really yeah. noted. <laughs> <laughs> um noted.
0: What, what's the most useless talent that you have, but you're super
1: proud of? Nobody um, knows about. Wow. there's, there's such
2: And you a can't long, plug the
1: lizard. There's such a like, lot. That's that's yes, not a can. useless <laughs> talent. That's a, yeah, very you high, a highbrow talent. Um, I, I would say um, back to the, the pickle critic thing that I've got going on. I am a member of the Pickle of the Month Club. I can absolutely go ahead and compare the. It's I
2: I, I know a lot about pickles. Are we talking like sixty-five-year-old, born and raised in Manhattan, old Jewish guy pickle critic no, status no, talking, like-
1: there, There's a whole craft pickle thing across the country. So we kind okay. of got like craft beer, you got craft pickles. All right, so they that's come a from bit farms different. Farms all over the country, and they got different. Taste, I love me some good pickles. All right. All right. There you go. Good that's, that's, that is completely useless.
0: <laughs> um, if you could meet one fictional character in real life, who do you think it would be? Fictional character? Uh, Laszlo. Laszlo.
1: Yeah, Laszlo lives in the closet. A movie called Real Genius from the 80s. I would always like to meet Laszlo.
0: Hmm. Real Genius. I know that.
2: I don't remember it. I'm going to have to look it up. Put it in yeah. the show notes. I'm sure yeah, there's a YouTube clip notes. of Laszlo
1: coming here. out of the closet. Who's that? He's Laszlo. He lives in the closet. <laughs> Laszlo.
0: Uh, side note, <clears throat> this is actually a good question, and I can tell you mine. I'm not too embarrassed to tell you guys about it, but uh, as a kid, uh, was there one movie or um, what what just frightened the living crap out of you? What, oh, Poltergeist, without a question. Poltergeist? Yeah, it freaked me out. Okay. Mine was Leprechaun. The, yeah. That was way out in movie, my time. <clears throat> yeah, the movie Leprechaun. Don't know why. My, my mm. brother forced me to watch it and I was terrified by it. But I remember that. it was. I remember finding it odd, but I don't know about scary. It just, I don't know, it just creeped me out. The yeah. whole, like, he could be under my bed, he's tiny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then Leprechaun in the Hood came out and I was like, all right. Well, now I'm not, now I'm not scared anymore.
2: Yeah. Well, no, 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 that one, scared, was, that one legitimately scared me. It's like, I've seen was, a lot of shit in the hood, but leprechauns like now. Nah, yeah. leprechaun, <laughs> there was the Chucky.
1: There was all that stuff. Clowns. I don't like clowns in general, but as a kid, poltergeist no freak me out.
0: Well, can you remind me of poltergeist again one more time? Because I haven't, is that a, is there an actual
1: character? Or is that like a ancient Indian burial ground? It's all I got to say. Okay.
0: I'll have to I'll have to watch it, and I'll put it in the show notes if nobody's familiar with it. I'm sure a lot of people are, but um, last one. What's your biggest pet peeve? I don't know that, and I want to know my biggest pet peeve.
1: Oh, this is a this fairly easy one. It's a uh, automated voice response, integrated voice response. Any any time I got to dial in, and they it's the biggest one <sighs> is with the cable company. And I yeah. go, um, did you know that you could log on to www and solve your internet problems online? I'm like, if I could get online, I wouldn't have an internet problem.
2: Representative, <laughs> representative.
1: I just go zero 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 and zero. And that zero, doesn't work. Zero. That is not accepted at this time. <laughs> I absolutely lose my mind.
2: I got one over the weekend, man. It what was the options? Like, it got to the end of all of the options. It was like you can press like one to have someone call you back or two so that we can text you a link to talk to someone on your phone. And I was doing like you were too confident. I'm like I'm going no I want a, I want a representative. No. You, you, have one. you couldn't get to the right one. No. Yeah.
0: Did you it's a little selfish plug here for uh, Apple um, like they need one but um, on their security
2: Wait, 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 wait,
1: how is this selfish to you? Yeah. Are you like yeah. Are you air to Tim Cook or something or what, what's going on?
0: No, I mean, I, they don't need the airtime. They make a lot of sales. Okay. Um, but on the iPhone, you can actually do a setting where you can um, have any calls that aren't, if you have a number call you, that's not saved in your phone, or you don't know if you've never talked to it before, it'll automatically forward it so that you don't get bothered by it. It's kind of neat. I don't know if you've ever used it before, but no,
1: I, just, <clears throat> I get it. I just want to
2: talk to a representative. <laughs> i think in our our line of work at least kevin nice with me i i don't think i could do that like i i couldn't stop numbers from coming in that i knew where they were but i like the idea of it i like the idea it's nice yeah
0: anyways well kevin thank you we've uh we've gone on long enough i've taken plenty of your time away from your family and gabe thank you and both of you just um you know i, I really appreciate you coming on here for our 50th episode this was this is pretty awesome to, to get to this point. <clears throat> um, try to get there in the first year, but, uh, actually, you know what, technically it's still 2020. Still it is. Yeah. December, December 45th. 45th. Yeah. yeah. So we did it. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you, Kevin, for, uh, all you do and for, uh, being a great leader and, and same to you as well,
2: Gabe. Um, uh, no, no. Maybe thank you, Kevin, for coming on the show. I, I also appreciate it. Episode number fifty is uh is a big deal for us, for all of us here at Spear, for for the show, for uh for Cam, myself. So really appreciate it. Very well, congrats, guys. Very cool stuff. I'm looking forward to the next fifty. Awesome.
0: Take care, guys. All right, all right. cheers, be cheers. safe. all of our amazing guests for coming on. I, I know that there are millions of other shows and it means the world to have you with us on this journey. We are so grateful that you choose to listen to us each and every week. If you like the show, tell a friend, have them tell their friends, and then make, maybe make some new friends along the way uh, so we can continue to spread the word and keep learning together. Let's protect what matters most. And by the way, DJ, can you go ahead and drop that outro beat and keep it classy?